A little while back on the Scots Gear podcast, we spoke to actor Duncan Powell. Our chat covered a whole host of topics, his life and career to date, but also the role he played as Sergeant Melshi in Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. What he wasn't able to speak about at the time was the fact that he had reprised that role for Disney's Rogue One prequel show, Andor. It turns out Andor has been brilliant. So we thought we'd try and get Duncan back for a Scots Care podcast Andor special. Being an absolutely top human being, Duncan instantly said yes, and he joins us now from Malta, where he's filming his next project. Scots Care. Hi, Duncan. Hiya. Thank you for coming back and doing this. Thank you for having me back. Now, you're in Malta at the moment. You are, how's the weather? Uh, today is, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a little like the weather in Britain. Some days it's really nice, and then all of a sudden it's, uh, it, it's pouring down the rain. Today it's kind of grey, but it's, it's okay. Can you talk about what you're filming at the moment? I'm filming at the moment uh, 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 a, a drama series, a four-part drama for, for British television called um, Under Her Skin. Who, can you talk about who else is in it? Yes. Uh, uh, well, I hope so. I, <laughs> I hadn't planned it. So uh, also in it, I'm, 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 I'm working alongside Rachel Shenton and uh, Joe Joyner. Oh, lovely. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's a great cast. It's a, it's a great, it's directed by uh, Adrian McDowell. Um, uh, yeah, it, the, the, the scripts are great. The, the cast is great. It's been a brilliant experience. So um, yeah, I'm 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 super super hopeful it will be as well received as it has been uh, enjoyed as a job. Well, when you first came on the Scots Care podcast, we spoke about everything. Really, we kind of went through the gamut, and it was kind of before. Well, it was before Andor was released. So we 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 spoke a little bit about Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Then when we released the podcast. It was hugely successful. It was it went right up into the top ten in Britain. You were number three in Korea. You charted in Canada, Australia, Japan, and and you know I'm not a big Twitter user, but the reaction on Twitter kind of blew me away. And we we sat down at the charity and said, oh, we got to see if Dunk is not too busy. If you'll do an Andor special where we dig a bit deeper and mainly talk about Andor. So thanks for coming back and doing this. Well, as I say, thanks for having me back. I, I remember when we spoke the last time, we kind of, we, we turned off the interview and I went, well, this is kind of what I've been up to without wanting to share too much. So um, yeah, the, the, I, I'm, I'm super happy that the, that the last time we spoke, it's been, you know, so well received all around the world. And, you know, you have to put that down to the, to the Star Wars fans who are, you know, the, the best fans of, of any franchise, I think, that has ever been so. I remember, and I'm slightly older than you, but I remember queuing around the outside of the Odeon in Glasgow in 1977. Me and my pal Sean Rankin and his dad took us there to see Star Wars A New Hope. Were you a fan right from the beginning? So your first one must have been Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I was uh, I was trying not to react because I was born in 1977. So um, I was thinking of you queuing and I was thinking of me uh, being born. Yeah, so uh, my first, when we moved to, to Lockerbie, which must have been, I would say in 19, 
1982, the first film I remember going to see at the cinema in Lockerbie, which was, um, oh goodness me, I can't remember the year this must have been, but um, it was The Empire Strikes Back. It, that was the first film I went to see at, at the cinema in Lockerbie. I went to see many other films there, but that's my... Yeah, I remember I had been to a cinema before, but it doesn't stick in the mind. But I do remember that vividly. It was such a, 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 a oh, I, you know, I can't even put it into words what it was like to sit and, and watch. And, you know, if you go back and revisit the films, they, you know, they, they still hold. But, you know, imagine being a kid and, and, and that being your first cinema experience that you can remember for me was, uh, wow, it, it changed everything, didn't it? Well, it did. And I think for both of us then, moving forward, we have grown up with Star Wars in our life all the time. And as you said right at the beginning, Star Wars fans, you know, they are so loyal. And I know because I, I, I've watched a lot of stuff that you're in, Duncan, and you put your heart and soul into every role. But do you feel a duty of care to the brand when you went into Rogue One or when you went into Andor and really, and this is re realizing this is kind of taking it up a level? Um, yeah, so, uh, do you know, I, again, I, I think I, I mentioned the last time we spoke, I, I try not to think too much about it, because I think if I did, it would, it, 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 you know, that kind of pressure is is not something you need, I think, when you're performing. However, um, for me to, to to be involved and to be a part of, of both Rogue One and, and now Andor, you know, first of all, in hindsight, I can say it's a great responsibility it's a huge responsibility because um you are becoming a part of a universe that um you know is 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 visceral you know it's it's something that's lived um by many people around the world and so it's something that's really really important to to well the fan base first of all but also you know to to tell the story of 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 the of the characters and to give them something that they, they feel is truthful and honest is, yeah, it's a huge responsibility, but it's something that you, that you only realize what it is you've done in hindsight. So, so both when I watch Rogue One and when I, when I uh, have sat and watched the, the, the series, the, the Andor series, it's only then, and even now, hasn't quite sunk in what it is that I've been a part of. I don't know if it ever will. This might be an impossible question, but if you had done Andor before you did Rogue One, do you think you'd have played the Rogue One part any differently? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, well, I think the first thing, uh, when when I went in on Rogue One, is you are playing the part of someone who is willing to give their life for something they believe in. And I, I think, uh, you know, all the way throughout history, um, there have been people on, well, whichever side you want to put it, there have been human beings on this earth that have been willing to die for a cause, be that a as something we perceive to be not a good cause and also something that we might perceive to be a good cause. But the type of human being that it takes to to to, to give their life 
for something greater than themselves for me is a um a, a very um a be- a very specific mindset and and way to live you know now i i understand that a little but i think uh, so to go in on on rogue one and to 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 play, that all happened so fast for me uh but the thing that was underneath all of it was here's a man who's willing to do anything for the cause and that's what i tried to give in the in the in the the months that i was was involved in that production so with andor i think it's for me was more interesting because all of a sudden you're then presented with a storyline an arc that is hey let's find out how this guy became someone who is prepared to give his life for a cause and would I, I don't think I would have played it differently. I think what we're doing with Andor is we're finding out how, um, not not just Melshi, but but also Cassian and uh, and many of the other characters. We're finding out the things in their backstory, the things they sacrificed, the things they learned, the things that that made them. Uh, into people who were prepared to 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 live their life and give sacrifice in a very particular way. So I don't know if I would have played it differently. Is the answer it was a long answer to a short question. No, no, it's, it's a good answer because <laughs> what I thought worked tremendously well in Andor, and I think it's something that's really difficult to pull off. Is is that by the very nature of it being a prequel to Rogue One, I knew you had to escape from that prison because I knew where you had to go. But I became so lost in the characters. And especially the thing that came across with the Sergeant Melshi character was his desperation and the resignation of Melshi at points that he thought he was never getting out there. Yes. I, well, I think, uh, I, I think um, well, the same. <laughs> I remember reading the scripts, knowing that, of course, that, 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 uh, that, that he goes on. But I felt the same. Like, I, I felt how... How's it going to happen? Okay, because because we find out bit by bit. That was the first thing. How's it going to happen? Um, but yeah, I, I think the thing with Melshi and and uh, you know Tony Gilroy and I had had spoken several times, and and he, um, you know, we we've spoken all the way since since Rogue One. So so about six years, you know, we've we've been in conversation. So he knows me a little. Um, and I, and I know him a little, you know, we, we, and I, I enjoy the conversations we have and, and, you know, to, 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 to try and convey what it is that he's trying to write. Cause the writing is just, it's a, it's a gift for an actor to, to, to be involved with. Um, but he said, you know, he knows a little bit about me, as I say, in the sense of, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I, I'm a practicing Buddhist. I, I live my life a particular way. I try and think a particular way. And he said to me, there's a little bit of you in Melshi in the sense that he's already free. And that was interesting to me because, you know, you, you, you call it resignation. And, and uh, the way Tony conveyed it was it's freedom. Mm. You know, he, he's not in a prison because in his mind, he's already free. 
you know, he, he's um, uh, he doesn't believe what's going on. He doesn't buy into the the this this story they're being told by this you know mythical voice that that, that tells them what to do and and, and when to do it. Um, he's not buying into the idea that they're getting let out at any time. And so, well, you can call it resignation, or you can call it acceptance. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know, as as a human being, Melchi has been. I and I, I almost think there's been other people that have come in to that to that prison. Melchi's been waiting for someone like Cassian to appear, and when he does, it's almost like. Uh, that spark of, of hope, here's someone else who doesn't buy what it is that, that we're being told. Um, and uh, someone else who's who's willing, really, and there's the, there's the scene, and I, I don't want to spoil it if, if people haven't, uh, haven't seen the series yet. Uh, but the scene where the, 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 there's a line that says, as this whole uh, thing unfolds in episode 10, where... I'm just going to assume I'm already dead. And well, let's see, that's a, that that's if you if you, you know the, the whole thing that we've got in common as human beings here is we are all of us going to die. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um so so the, the the trick is can we which is you know the the, the complete uh, letting go of everything, you know, of the body, everything that we've done, all of our achievements, all of our friends, all, everything disappears when we go. So is it possible for us then to to do try and do that every day, every moment, you know, to, to die to the past, to, to what it is that we're accumulating? Um, and does that kind of daily or or momentary death bit by bit, does it does it bring about a certain freedom? And I would say yes, it does. And and I think that's the thing uh, with with Melshi in that prison is that, you know, of all the people in the prison, he's the one who's already free. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's quite a stoic way to look at it, you know, it's a, from that kind of stoicism. And I think one of the things that really sets apart Andor from the likes of Obi-Wan or, or, or the Boba Fett spin-off, and I think why it appealed to me far greater in my personality was it was darker. It was almost sinister in places. And there was a much slower pace, which made it like a thriller, which was very different from Star Wars. And for the first time in my mind, it was really character driven. Yes, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is the thing when, when we're talking about, um, you know, these are, this is uh, 12 episodes in, in, in season one, which allows for, you know, this, this sort of long form storytelling. And the thing that drives all of us as human beings is, first of all, is, is, is desire. But the way, the way, um, the, the desire manifests is 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 through words and action and and I think with uh what what I found on Ando both being a part of it and watching it is the dialogue and that's the thing that drives us forwards is 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 the conversations and uh yeah it's uh it's for me it's, it's unique and I think for me as well, this is the entrance to everything that comes afterwards, you know, because this, this leads in, uh, um, in a rogue one, 
which leads into um, A New Hope. This story is the the almost like a a, a backwards beginning yeah. of, uh, of 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 nineteen seventy seven of of a new hope. So this is the the feed in, and I think because that's the case, isn't it more interesting to to develop and as Cassian as Andor develops. You know, because he goes from being this, uh, you know, mercenary, not a nice guy, you know, yes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, he's a thief. And to, 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 to follow his journey from that beginning, what is it that turns him from a thief to someone who we see in Rogue One who's prepared to sacrifice his life for, um, for the rebellion, for that cause? Um, and so... That's that's what's interesting, it, because you know you're right. We've not we've not had it before, but isn't it right that the entrance into this uh, gigantic story, um, which is you know what 40, 30, 30, to my sums now, yeah, forty five years old. Yeah, you know the same. So I didn't need to do the sums. I was born the same year. Forty five year old <laughs> story, you know, is uh, is 30, 35 years old. <laughs> I like being old. <laughs> so, so this this magnificent story that's that spanned forty five years. Isn't it great that the entrance into it is is based and 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 uh, and guided in this 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 beautiful story character dialogue development you know it's great that we've got at the at the center of this you know tony gilroy who's for me one of the one of the greatest storytellers you know that's of of the last you know 40 50 years himself um to 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 be telling this story um and the way that it's being told yeah i mean i i hear you i agree with you you know Mm. i'm trying to put a a kind of sentiment <laughs> to it with words, but I, I could have just said, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's, uh, it's as it should be. Scots Care. Helping to break the cycle of deprivation for Scots in London. I think the complexity and the nuance of Andor obviously appealed to to a massive audience because, you know, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I read another review it was it was called a masterpiece you must have been delighted because the mandalorian was great other spin-offs that have come out have had not such great reviews so you know to get 93 percent on rotten tomatoes you must have thought yes we are doing something right here well it, first of all i posted on the new thing on instagram it's 96 percent now so oh, was it yeah so it's so it's 96 percent um I, I think um, that the beauty of this is you don't need to have seen Star Wars to you don't need to have seen any of them to be able to watch it. You know, I've been watching it with my girlfriend um, and she's never seen a Star Wars. And she was like super excited to see the next one. You know, my mum as well, who, of course, she's probably seen a Star Wars, but not 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 through her own volition. Has yeah. she gone, right, I'm off to the cinema to see, you know, to see a Star Wars. And she's been blown away by it. She can't wait for the next episodes. So all of a sudden, there's a, there's a, there's a different audience that are, that are coming to watch 
and and actually enjoying the the uh, the show. As for um, you know the, the idea that uh, that I'm doing good, I was the guy that won the lottery. You know, it, for for me, um, I come in and I'm a I'm a a part of this, and as much that that I've I've been asked to come back and to. To be a part of it, but but in reality, I, honestly, I feel like uh, my job is the easiest job there. You know, um, the 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 work that has gone into that show, from the costumes to the locations to the designers to the writers to the producers, the execs, um, the you know everybody involved with it. Now, I, a, I do you know what I do want to come on to that because that struck me. The whole scale of Andor struck me as it was motion picture size. But do you know what I want to do first, Duncan? I want I want to kind of go back because I listened back to the last time we chatted and I, I asked you how Rogue One came about for you. So we're kind of going back to the end, mm-hmm. you know. And I listened back to, we put out a clip, which again was, was very popular. And you said it was mystical and unfathomable how mm-hmm. that, but could you kind of expand on that for us? In 2015, 2016, you were busy yeah. at that time. You were doing quite a lot of other work. So mm-hmm. can you tell us in actual real terms, did, did someone call you? Did you go for an audition? Because you had said you weren't in it till there was rewrites. Because So explain it for us in layman's terms. Well, um, the the it all happened through a, a chance conversation, really. Um, I'd, I'd been involved in the, the production from, from, uh, from right at the start. Um, yeah, Gina Jay's office, who had um, uh, done the casting for uh, Rogue One, I was kind of uh, helping out. This was, a, a, you know, this was, goodness me, two thousand and fourteen, two thousand and fifteen. You know, um, and it was after uh, I'd lost my sister, and I'd been down in Somerset, and I was thinking of giving up acting. I was thinking of just saying, you know. I, I'm 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 kind of finished with uh, with all of this. Uh, I was trying to find meaning in life, if I'm honest with you, or, or trying to certainly maybe not find meaning, but but certainly find um, if you know, <laughs> in a world of so much suffering, you know, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I here? It was a a time of great reflection and. Um, I'd been in down in Somerset for a year. Like I say, I moved down there after after we lost my sister, and I was down there amongst family. And all of a sudden, I had this um, something happened was a was a, a very personal revelation, and I felt very strongly. I just had this feeling that I, I need to go back and I need to continue acting. It was something my sister Lindsay loved. It was her whole life, and. I had a well. I had a sign. Call it a sign that 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 was what I should be doing with my life, or at least certainly a part of it. Um, so I, I wrote loads of. Um, uh, I wrote, you know, I wrote letters to. Ev- uh, in fact, I sent emails with my showreel to every casting director that I'd never met in in the UK, um, and. I, I think one of the only ones that replied was was Gina Jay, and and Gina Jay is is you know one of the biggest casting directors in the UK, and uh, yeah, she she started having me in for stuff. I, I went and and I actually helped out with some of the uh, some of the original 
camera tests for Rogue One, and uh, and yeah, I, I was in in and around the production doing all sorts of of, of different things, and and then uh, when the when the reshoots came, I I got into a uh, conversation one day bizarrely about about Buddhism and about chanting. Um, with Tony, and uh, then I went off to Italy, and I was in Italy uh, working with uh, a healer from from South America, who said to me, "You know, you need to come back and and uh, come to the jungle again with me." And I told him, "Oh, I don't, I don't have any money." And he said, "Oh, it's okay. You're going to get a job." And uh, uh, when you get back to the UK, and I was thinking to him, "Well, you know, I've not had any auditions. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't quite know how it is that I'm going to get a job." But I. Um, I, I flew back to the UK and, and all of a sudden I had had, <laughs> I mean, I, I, again, there was a, there was a, a part in, in Rogue One, which was um, the part of, of uh, Sergeant Melshi. And yeah, it, I, honestly, I, I can't really explain how fast and how quick and how bizarre it all, it all happened. It just, it just happened. And I didn't have any time to think about it. I didn't have any time to worry about it. And any no point at all was I sat there thinking, you know, here I am, you know, speaking in a in a in a Star Wars movie. It just happened. And afterwards, I I I I carried on. And then uh, when it came out, I remember going to see it, and it still I still couldn't process it, uh, Marcus. It, it, and you know, I remember going to see it at the cinema with my mother and she shouted at me <laughs> for, eating, <laughs> for eating sweeties. Duncan, <laughs> would you stop eating them sweeties? That's what she said. I was eating I chocolate buttons, right? But I hadn't opened them. And so she was shouting, Duncan, be quiet. She was obviously, that's my mother. I love her as I do. Making more noise than anyone else in the cinema, telling me to be quiet. But it was actually the people that were sat in front of me that were eating the sweeties. Huh. And I, I, I intimated this to my mother. And she looked at me and I said, would you like me to tap them on the shoulder and tell them to be quiet? No, no, no. She said, no, no, just leave them alone. So <laughs> that's my mother. Quite happy to tell me off. But if it's someone else, then she doesn't want to get involved. So, um, yeah, the whole thing's surreal. Surreal from the beginning. And, and even even now, as, as Andor has come on, you know, even that was was the, the same kind of level of of... I, I still can't even process that just out of the blue, you know, my agent called and uh, this would be back in early 2020. And she called me um, and she said, uh, Nina's office. So Nina Gold, uh, who, who cast and or, uh, they, they had been in touch and they were checking my availability for, for later in, 2020 for um for andor now i i didn't know this at the time i uh i should probably pay more attention to things but um but uh, tony gilroy had had come on board to 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 you know to be the showrunner um and when my agent called she said uh, oh nina's office say you should give tony a call and just 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 try and have a catch up with him and and see what's going on and yeah I I, I sent him a, a text message and he called um 
you know, 30 seconds later. And, uh, yeah, he was telling me all about the show and I'm going to be in it. And I, I can't process it. You know, he's talking and he's telling me um, all of the story about the prison and, and about Melshi and what's going to happen. And, and it's, I, I mean, I, I, the, the, the best, you know what it feels like is, you know, when you have those dreams and something amazing happens, like you've won the lottery or, or something brilliant, and then you wake up and you, you have been experiencing this emotion of, of, oh, my God, that's it. I've won. There's never anything to worry about ever again. And then you wake up. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how this, this whole role of, of Melshi and Rogue One and Andor has, has felt to me. It's, it's felt to me as if at any moment <laughs> I'm going to have one of those moments of waking up and I let it you know, roll over and be like, oh, my God, I dreamt I was in Rogue One and Andor and they were just calling me up and telling me about the stories. And, you know, that's how it happened for me. It happened for me in a way that I cannot naturally process or fathom. That's why I say it's, it's mystical. And the first conversation, you know, was about Buddhism. You know, that was, it, it was all about chanting Namyo Horenge Kyo. That was pretty much our first discussion. And, uh, well, the, as I told you the, the last time we spoke, I've been practicing this for, for 13 years. And I am, there's, you know, I, I, I got to the point where I stopped being blown away by these astonishing things that would happen because the, that's, that has come to be the process of of my life of of not at any moment um knowing what's going to come next but when it comes it's almost greater than you could have possibly imagined and that's the that's the one thing that they they, they often say is you know don't don't fight too much with the universe mm. because the, the universe might have far grander plans for you than you could have possibly imagined for your tiny little self, you know? And, and that's, you know, if you'd have told me uh, 13 years ago, you know, when I, when I started that practice that, uh, you know, I, I would be sat here chatting to you about, you know, and or and, and Rogue One, I could never have imagined it to, to, to be doing something that's uh, so vast and so popular and and uh, such such a part of so many people's consciousness scott's care supporting scots away from home in london the sets huge 200 named cast members 6000 supporting artists it where was it filmed duncan and what did it feel like that when you went on to the set did you think this is I know, I know it's emotionally massive, but is it, was it, does it feel physically massive? Um, yeah, it, well, you know, we, we started filming um, off the back of the, of the second lockdown, you know, in the UK. So the, the I, I think the plans had been to film in places like uh, Gran Canaria and, and you know, the, 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 the production, they had to change everything. The pandemic meant everything changed. You know, we filmed in uh, in Blackpool. <laughs> that was my really? first day. Yeah, my first day was was filming um, 
again, I, I, I don't want to say too much because I, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. But yeah, my, the the first thing I shot was the was the scene on on the on the beach with with Diego, and that was in uh, Blackpool, and it was freezing cold, and um, I yeah, it, 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 I, I went from Blackpool which is, and I, I had these, it was so bizarre, these kind of mystic connections that I would have when I was filming, you know. Um, and a, a lot of it was was attached to, well, my sister Lindsay, you know. I remember I was walking one day, I I, I went off to get myself a coffee and I was walking along the, the seafront in Blackpool and I had one of the most, you know, when you have these vivid recollections of something. Yeah. And I had this, it was like an explosion of of memory of walking down there with my mom and my dad and, and my sister uh Lindsay and I I I it it overwhelmed me. I, I kind of my knees buckled a wee bit and and I remember going back to the hotel and calling mum and saying to her, listen, I've just had this really weird thing happen. This is what I experienced. And she was she said to me, that's what was happening. Now I was just probably at that time. My mom said she said you would have been maybe six or seven years old. She says how could you possibly remember it? But it was like a mm. you know a, a huge remembrance of, of something from before. And then when we went to film more of the stuff in episode eleven, it was filmed in a quarry uh, near Matlock. Oh. Now Matlock is where I lived when my sister Lindsay was born. And um, I remember getting driven to the set. And of course I would have been in the back of a car as an infant, you know, like my, so I'm about a year and a half older than Lindsay. So I was, I would have been in a, you know, in a child seat. Yeah. But as I was getting driven to set, it was like I was having memories that didn't belong to me, but did belong to me. And I remember saying to my mum, I said, look, I had that strange thing in Blackpool and now we're going to Matlock. She says, what do you remember about Matlock? And I said, you know, the one thing I remember about Matlock is Gulliver's Kingdom. And of course, the hotel was right next to, to Gulliver's Super. Kingdom. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we, that was the location stuff, um, which, which was meant to, you know, which, they, as I say, the, the production... To, to do this in a pandemic, the scale and the size of it, to have to change their plans for locations. I've, I can't even begin to imagine how difficult it must have been. And then, you know, all of the, the, the prison sequences we filmed at Pinewood. And that was, um, yeah, that was, that was when you really started to realise what it was you are, were a part of, the, the, the sets for those prison sequences were like nothing you could imagine. Well, you've seen it, yeah. but, but to, to walk onto it, you know, they built those, those sets. They were enormous. They could have, uh, it's the, it's the, they are quite overwhelming in, the, in their own right. They're, you know, they're windowless. I couldn't decide whether it was like a laboratory or a prison or an asylum and the starkness of it and all these white lights along the floor. And then there was the, Again, going back to the kind of darkness of Andor, the fact that the, the, the floors were electrified. So this was a kind of cruelty that we hadn't seen in Star Wars before. Yeah, and I, I think that was, um, you know, when, when, when Tony first called me up to, to tell me about it, that was something, 
that he he really was was you know he because look all of a sudden we're getting to see the the machinations of the empire hmm. you know we're, we're getting to see the kind of facilities they were putting people into and never letting them out of and um you know that first scene when Cassian turns up and the guy says you know this might be the last breath of fresh air you ever have and then they press the floor and and they electrocute everyone wow when when tony was telling me about this on the phone he was so uh you know he was saying it's a nightmare he he was saying this is like nothing you're ever going to have seen before in star wars it's a um it's a terrifying place with I mean, can you imagine the the mind of uh, the 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 people that have gone? Hey, listen, I, I've got a great idea for look this this prison. We'll turn it into like a, a work facility, and uh, well, we'll have the the floors all tungsten steel, and there'll be no guards, and we'll, we'll need no weapons, and we can just electrocute people if they don't do what they're told. But not even if they don't do what they're told. If they don't work hard enough, that the losing shift is going to get. Um, you know they're going to get electrocuted, fried, and uh, and and the winners, the shift at the top, are going to get flavor in their food. It's it's you know, it's it's a it's this it's a kind of it's just a nightmare of a of a well, it, it, it takes it away from the almost comic book feel of Star Wars and moves it more into almost Shawshank Redemption territory, where you kind of think this is real real punishment in space. And, the, the, you know, the machines you were working on, they all looked phenomenally real and you were all in sync, moving together, building the parts. Was that as real as it looked? Yes. Yeah, that was, um, you know, we, we were in there uh, rehearsing, rehearsing those those scenes, um, you know, for, you know, we had days in there where we would be rehearsing how things got put together the whole and everything worked you know these were working machinery so they had been built by the by the art department and uh you know we, we had guys in there that were uh operating the uh all of the hydraulics of of, of the machinery um there was a very specific way that things were put together it was, um, it was, a, a, you know, it was, it was meant because these people have been in there for some of them years. It was meant to run like a, a well-oiled machine, and so of course they had to get us in there, um, who, who are actors, <laughs> to uh, to 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 go through this process in this this way where it's second nature and also be able to have conversations on top of it um so it was um and and you know to be in there with with toby the 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 director and and the and you know the every everybody that was involved with the way they had it set up the 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 thought that went into it the 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 efforts of everyone and of course it always, and then everybody's brilliant efforts, and then you're relying on a, a group of actors to <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to to, uh, to to follow the instructions. But you know, I, I was blessed as well to be working with you know not just Diego and and Andy, but 
uh, you know, Joseph and Tom and, and Brian and Clements and, and Christopher, the, the, the people that were, uh, that were on table five with me, they were all brilliant. They were all super focused and, and all of them were making sure. And it was great because, you know, as we found our own way, we found our own rhythm and, and, it, it, and we really, you know, we were there filming that for, for almost two months. So every day going in there, it really affects you, you know, yeah. because, and as well for being in the middle of the pandemic, you know, we were, we were COVID tested, you know, every other day and, you know, the, the restrictions and the rules, everything that was in place, it was kind of like being in a prison, you know, yeah, by the end of total immersion into what you were doing. Yeah, it was. And, and do you know what? I think that probably helped. Yeah, I'll bet. And then, then there's this beautiful reveal, which, you know, I, I'm a Star Wars geek, but when I when I realised what you were building, you kind of go, oh, and I, I don't know, can you say it? Because if you've not watched... I, I don't know what we were building. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you go, oh, oh, my, this just pulled everything together beautifully. And, yeah, that just... So working along Diego Luna, alongside Diego Luna. Now, I first discovered him in, in Narcos. And I think the thing with Diego Luna, he's got such a kind face. You look at him and he, he looks as if, oh, I could have a cup of coffee with you. You look like a really good bloke. But in Narcos, he was able to swap that and play quite an evil character when he needed to. So he is an actor of some complexity. Yeah, and 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 substance. And... Um... I, I think uh, you know Diego is one of the most generous uh, actors that that I've ever worked with. Um, he's involved with you know he he exec this as well um, and or but he was just involved with all of it. There was he was. Every day chatting with anybody that wanted to chat to him, you know, as well as staying super focused and thinking about the the story and thinking about the uh, the, the the you know everything the, the the stuff that he was taking on board, as well as being in. I think you know the the, the workload that he had on on Andor, and uh, I think in the evenings he was editing a a, a show he was doing for Netflix. Oh, wow. So. The, the the amount of of work that you had to do, you know, never mind anything else, you know, you could, if you were a particular sort of of, of human being, um, be consumed by that and and really have to find no other time for 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 other people, um, you know, on, on a set. And I have worked in the past with with actors where, you know, they might maybe not so beautifully. <laughs> beautifully human as as you would hope they would be, but Diego was he was yeah from the get go made everybody feel a part of what we were doing, and wow the 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 character Andor's is uh, Cassian is uh, his 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 process in 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 that prison I feel is uh, as he starts to lead. Uh, People from all different uh, walks of life, and and Diego was like that as well. He was he, he was a real leader on set, a real you know uh, team player, and uh, well, he's just he's great at what he does. And when I sit and watch it back and and see it, it's uh, 
it's only when I get to see it and know what's gone into it that I see the the subtlety in, mm. in so much of his work. Well, it's interesting that we said that earlier. The nuance is filled with nuance, and but then of course. And I'm not saying Andy Circus the circus's performance is not filled with nuance, but he, you know that's a powerhouse performance. You know, and I found him genuinely scary at points. And I I was thinking about you when I was watching him and the interactions. I was thinking, does that make it easier as an actor when when you're working across from somebody with such ability and commitment? Um. Yeah. Well, I I, I think again, it's it's been. I was blessed on on this job because Andy Serkis is uh, is also one of the nicest human beings that I've I've ever worked with. He's so kind and and friendly and interested, and I know that's a, a a thing that we'd expect human beings to be, you know. Because like I said before, we're all going to die, so we might as well be nice to each other. <laughs> but that's not that's that's not always the case. Um, and uh, yeah, Andy and I we we had our kind of makeup calls together and. Um, he was just so open to conversation, uh, and, and, um, and, you know, the, there's a few bits there where, you know, we're, we're, we have a, a few quite physical interactions mm. and, uh, and he's a strong man, Andy Serkis, you know, he's a, he's a rock climber and yeah, he's, he's a very, very strong human being. Yeah, I I wore the uh, I wore the, the the scars of some of those uh, for days afterwards. But it's the this thing of of there was nothing apart from let's let's work together to make this as as good and as real as we can, and then it would be super super high intensity, and then they would call cut, and there would be a like a smile and a laugh and a joke and back to humanity. The switch of people from going from just, you know, chatting away to this intense, frightening characters. And then afterwards, the, the kind of smile, the, the speed at which, yeah. uh, pe- pe- you know, that, and I think that's, that's when you know you're, you're, you're working with, you know, people at the top end of their game because they can, they can switch it on and off. The focus. And, and again, Andy, Andy too. I, I learned a lot from from Andy and uh, and Diego because the the effort that they put in to every scene, every thought, every pro, they're always thinking, um, and as well, always uh, busy. You know, the, the the next thing, create, create, create. And uh, you know, I, I said that to, to Andy at one point. We were we were having a chat and. I was like, man, you're, you know, I'm eating my lunch and you're working, you know. I said, uh, it seems like a such a, a a huge workload that you throw. And he said to me, he said, well, you play your guitar all afternoon. He says, and so I think that would take a lot of of effort as well. I said, yeah, I guess. And he said, uh, he said that the the the, the workload's the same. If if you want to be a, a success at something you have to make effort yeah uh, yeah and and these are guys that that have been doing it at the top end of the business for many many years and uh yeah they they continue to work as if uh, they're just trying to make it and that was a big big lesson for me yeah and then inevitably the end and and 
I, I thought, you know, I thought, oh, that, the end for me was beautiful and sad. And I thought, what's, you know, and I actually looked this up. I thought, I've got to think of something smart to say here. And I, I, I tried to look up what a word for beautiful and sad was. And the only word I could find was pulchritudinous. And I thought, I've not a clue what that means. I'm, not, I'm just look like a dick if I use that word. Yeah, that's not a word I use. But it came full circle for me because the escape comes and the elation you had won this victory. And then all I was reminded of was what was to come and scar off at the end of Rogue One. And I was devastated all over again. It's just a show that played with my emotions in every single every single episode right to the credits. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, uh, do you know what I'm blown away by here? I, uh, I, I asked, so the, the guy that lives downstairs from me, I'll come back to your question in a second, but I'm I'm amazed at what you've just said to me. I uh, I I asked him how things were, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I said, "How's how's this new new girl that you've met?" And he put, "Ah, oh, man, she's Paul Tacrudinus." It's I, he actually texted me that. <laughs> no, he did not. He, he did look. I look. You can see it. Hang on. You see it. Yeah, oh man, she is pulchritudinous. Yeah, well, yeah, and I had to, I, I had to go and Google it. <laughs> to, to see who, what uses, who uses words like that? Yeah, but it's um, well, it, that to me is uh, like I told you before the 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 synchronicity of things. So the fact that you've just said that that's strange. The, well, that's the mystic thing that I'm talking about of of being a part of this show that you would say that that someone would text that to me. Um, just just the other day, and uh, well, it, it, they they say in in uh, well indigenous and, and shamanic based cultures that synchronicities are are signs that your life is on the right path, and uh, yeah, the 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 um the, the show itself uh, is well, like you say, it reminded you reminded you of what's to come, mm. and you know you you have these beautiful moments. And they're followed by these moments of devastation, and uh, so that's that, that again is another uh, a keen signal that what you're painting is a picture of life, because you know that's that's life for me. Amazing things happen. The most beautiful things happen, and then awful things happen, and it feels like it can't get any worse than it is, and then it does, and then it gets beautiful again. And I often say to people. When they come and, you know, we, 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 we sometimes run meditation retreats and I, I say to them in a moment of levity, you know, that's what life is. Good things happen, bad things happen, good things happen, bad things happen, good things happen again and then we die. You're so stoic. That's the third time you've mentioned death, Duncan. Well, do you know, the, 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 one of the founding members of the uh, founding presidents or the second president of uh, the the Soka Gakkai International, which is a, a lay organization uh, of, of Buddhism. The, the second president was a man called Josai Toda. And he said, make the first thing you study, death. Mm. Make that your first point of study as a human being. And it might not be that you can't understand it, but try, make efforts. Because an understanding of death brings about a, a, a great uh, color to life, yeah. Um, and uh, and he, and then he says, and once you you think you understand or you have a, a a grasp of of just the nature of it, 
then study everything else. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to do both, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think these, uh, these, these, whatever, you know, it is the third time I've mentioned it. And I, I only met, only now that I noticed that I've said it because you've said it. And, uh, you know, I've been on this, this job and, uh, out, out here in Malta and, uh, of course, when when I meet some of the, the the actors to begin with, I think they all think, oh, "Who's this guy? It's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit intense and he's a bit weird, and he and he talks about stuff without, uh, you know, with without the 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 same. What's the word? You know, how some people tiptoe around things that that yeah. they think, well, this is quite, you know, it's not really taboo. This to it's or it is taboo. Sorry to to be talking about these things, but I'll go right in and quite happy to talk about it. I think uh, I think we should all talk more about the things that we are fearful or uncomfortable with. It's what binds us, I reckon. You know, failure, shame, mm-hmm. um, all these things. It's it's what we are. But listen, you know, thank you for joining us again. Have a superb Christmas. Are you are you back for Christmas? So yeah, I get home on December the eleventh. Um, I'm having the, yeah, I have the family round for for Christmas this year. Brilliant. My sister and her two kids and her fiance and my mom and my stepdad. So lovely. It, it, yeah, should be chaos. <laughs> and you know, I hope Andor keeps on getting keeps on creeping up in the tomato meter. Yes. Well, if it gets any higher, what are we going to do? Yeah, I know. Super stoked. It's amazing. Thank you for having me. Scots Care, supporting London Scots with financial grants, welfare advice, counselling, sheltered housing, jobs coaching and family support.